What a big man you are! Hey, let me buy you a pack of gum. I'll show you how to chew it. Ooh. Yeah, nigga. I'm still fucking with you. Still waters run deep. Still Snoop Dogg and D.R.A. Nah, nah, nigga. Guess who's back? Steve. Still doing that shit, Andre? Oh, for sure. Can't keep it home a lot Cause when I frequent the spots that I'm known to rock You hear the bass from the truck when I'm on the block Ladies, they pay homage But haters say Trey fell off How nigga, my last album was the chronic They wanna know if he still got it They say rap's changed They wanna know how I feel about it you ain't up on things Dr. Dre is the name, I'm ahead of my game Still puffing my leaf, still fuck with the beats Still not loving police Still rock my khakis with a cuff and a crease Still got love for the streets Reppin' 213 Still the beats bang, still doing my thing Since I left ain't too much change Still, I'm representing for the gangsters All across the world Still, hitting them counters and them lolos girl. Still, taking my time to perfect the beat And I still got love for the streets Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find The greatest movie podcast ever Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before my name is Adam Portress, and it has been a long time since we've done an episode. And uh, I guess you can blame part of that on the fact that uh, right after the summer, the movie season kind of seems to lag down a little bit. And, and, you know, it'll come back up towards the end of the year. And, uh, you know, it's it's the ebb and flow of the movie season. You know, you get big stuff in summer blockbusters and all that. Then you kind of taper off right after that. Then towards the end of the year, you build up for the Oscar buzz and all that season. And, you know, and then the start of the year is, uh, you know, we like to say January through uh, I mean, right about April is where uh, uh, bad movies go to die. And uh, but that's where we are right now. We're at a place where uh, things are going to start to ramp up. So uh, we we have we haven't really done episodes, but we haven't really stopped watching movies either. But um so I'm flying solo on today's episode, so it's probably going to be a fairly short one. But uh, I'm going to talk about two movies that uh, I saw recently. I didn't have a chance to get anyone else who had uh, happened to see them. So uh, actually, we're g- I'm going to talk this week about uh, Prisoners, the movie that was uh, released last week and got uh, it was number one, and now it's uh, jumped down to number two. Cloudy uh, with a chance of meatballs beat it out for the second week, but uh, not too bad for uh, you know a. Uh, an R-rated thriller, and uh, after that, I'm going to review uh, Don John, the new movie written and directed by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Had a chance to see that a couple weeks ago. Wanted to do a podcast about it, but uh, too much life drama. You know, there's a lot of things going on. I'm on the cusp of maybe getting a new job. I got two things kind of in line, so I'm still. Uh, that's where a lot of my headspace is going right now, unfortunately, and so I've I've kind of put off the podcast a little bit to uh, delve into my own mind space, which is a scary, scary place for anyone to be, especially me. So uh, I'm going to take a little break. Like I said, it's going to be a very short show, very kind of loose, free form, and uh, I know it's not nearly as fun not having somebody to uh, uh, bounce ideas and stuff back off of, but uh, we're going to get the uh, show going Uh, Full steam ahead uh, pretty soon next week, and I'll talk about that at the end of this show. Uh, So I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to come back, and then uh, then I'm just going to get into my uh, review of Prisoners. So uh, stay tuned, everybody. Add that shit up. D-R-E. Right back up on top of things. Smoke some with your dog. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. 
some of that real sticky icky icky. Ooh wee, put it in the air, air. Well, use a full DR. Let's jump into our first review. My first review. There's no R. There's no. I mean, it's our, it's yours and mine. I guess as we're we're all a happy podcast family. You and I, and uh, I. You know, we can get this family back. To, I don't know what the hell. Anyways, here's here's the trailer for Prisoners. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Anna, <laughs> wait until we're invited. Oh, for God's sake, Kelly, get the hell in here. <laughs> What? He actually sings in the shower. It's a whole I do not. Yes, you do. Abby, can I take Joy to our house? Wear a hat, please. You're just getting over a cold. Joy, you wear a hat, too. Where are your sisters? I can't find them. Anna? Joy? Wait, I checked the entire house. They're not here. Dad, there was this RV and they were playing on it. There was, we thought there was someone inside. You wait here. Let me go. I couldn't find them. Detective Loki. Do you have children, Detective? I'm going to find your daughter. Show me your hands right now. Parker. You put those girls somewhere, Alex. No. I know you put those girls somewhere. He stays in custody until my daughter's found, right? We have a 48 hour hold on. It ends tomorrow unless we bring charges. We'll charge him with something. That boy has never been in trouble, not a day in his life. Well, this thing's clean. I'd start looking in the woods by the rest stop. The police said they're letting him go today. What you doing with him? Tell me! Oh, no, no, no! Day six. And every day, she's wondering why I'm not there. You told us that you could protect us from everything. Why did you look for my daughter? Alex. What in the world did you do? Someone has to make him talk, or they're gonna die. We're not gonna help Kelly, but we won't stop him either. Let him do what he needs to. I know you know where they are. Where's my daughter? All right, that was the trailer for Prisoners, the movie that came out last week. Um, here is the IMDb logline. When Keller Dover's daughter and her friend go missing, uh, he takes matters into his own hands as the police pursue multiple leads and the pressure mounts. But how far will he, how far will this desperate father go to protect his family? Um, this, uh, it's a movie starring Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal, Viola Davis, uh, Maria Bello, Terrence Terrence Howard, uh, Melissa Leo in an almost unrecognizable role. God, that woman is a freaking chameleon, I tell you. And Paul Dano, and I gotta just say this, is Paul Dano ever going to play a non-kind of weirdo, creepy sort of dude? I, I don't know that he... 
Uh, this is uh, uh, directed by Dennis. I'm going to screw this name up. Uh, Villanuvu. Uh, Villanuvu. I don't know. I'm so terrible. And writer Aaron Groslowski. I just, you know, you guys know me. You know, you know I'm terrible with names. But uh, this. I, well, I'll just start out with this. Uh, this is a fantastic movie. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, whenever when I first saw the trailer, I thought, "Oh, this is going to be pretty good." Hugh Jackman, great actors always. Jake Gyllenhaal can usually uh, pull in a pretty good performance. And um, I wish I, I wish Jake Gyllenhaal wasn't in this, so this comparison won't seem like it's just right. Like so, uh, I, I can't even describe it. But this movie reminded me so much of Zodiac, and you know Jake Gyllenhaal is in that. Not, uh, he doesn't play a cop in Zodiac, but it's very much the same kind of guy trying to figure something out. And um, it, it, it's a completely different uh, level of performance that he gives in this movie as opposed to Zodiac. But you definitely have that kind of feel. Uh, the cinematography is amazing in this uh, movie. Um, I, you know, it's Roger Deakins, so it's one of those. I watched the entire movie, and it's like, gosh, this is this movie looks fantastic. His name came up in the credits. I'm like, oh well, that makes sense. But um, so essentially, here's kind of the plot. Um, it, it's Thanksgiving, and uh, you know. Hugh Jackman's uh, family they go over to Terrence Howard's family. So I, you know, I'm obviously not saying the character names; it's the actors. Just so you guys have a kind of mental picture, uh, they go over to his house for Thanksgiving and everything. And the kids decide that hey, they want to go out and play. Older brother and sister walk them out, and the kids see oh, there's this uh, there's this uh, RV that's going around, and so they kind of start jumping on it. And their brother and sister are like hey, get off of that, don't play around. They go back in the house. Little time passes. A girl says, uh, Hugh Jackman's daughter says she wants to go back over to their house and get a uh, a whistle that 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 uh, she had gotten a while back. And uh, they're like, No, no, take your take your brother and sister, and they'll 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 take you over there. Well, they decide not to do that. They leave out, and you know, slightly you know a little bit later, boom, they're missing. And um, so they're frantically trying to figure out the only thing that they have to go on is this RV was once there it's not there anymore and so they they go through they call the police eventually the police including Jake Gyllenhaal find this uh RV in a gas station parking lot they confront the uh, RV it runs into a tree and then they capture the guy inside who is played by Paul Dano it is um like I said he is creepy as shit in this movie so they take him in for questioning, and they can't, you know, really find anything. But Hugh Jackman, is, he is convinced that his that that this is the guy who did it. There's no other answer for it. Uh, eventually, they have to let him go, and it is then uh, incumbent upon the uh, the Keller character to, you know, in his mind, he's like, this guy knows the answer. He knows where his daughter is. It becomes, you know, time passes on and on and on, and it's one of those things that if they don't find, you know a body or whatever or a person within, you know, X amount of time, like the more time that goes on, the less likely it is that they're going to find that person especially alive. Um, I don't want to give too much more away about the movie because it is it is one of those things. It's a it's a police procedural, but it's also kind of a whodunit in the exact same sense. Um, it goes to some very, very dark places and gives you some... It, it does... I don't want to say it answers questions because it doesn't, but it it does bring up those questions in your mind of like, what would you do if this happened to a family member of yours? And 
while some of it seems logical, some of it seems like it may be going too far, but it's one of those things that I think a lot of people don't really realize unless it is something that's happening to them. You know, Hugh Jackman does some deplorable things in this movie, but in the state that he's in, in the mental state that he's in, what he's doing is is justified, or it is the the only way that he foresees this actually, uh, you know, being able to produce a result for him. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character is fantastic. Now, I hear a lot of people. Now, this is uh, his character is a uh, it's a cop who's never lost a case at this point. So uh, you know, he's got this big reputation, but uh, and, and he's like a lot of cops in movies doesn't play doesn't always play by the rules. Follows his own book. Very unique to movies. (laughs) But um, a lot of... Now, so they say, like, oh, he hasn't slept a whole lot and everything. And so people have noticed a twitch. Now, I'm going to say this because I don't think... I I haven't seen this uh, postulated anywhere else. Um, I think that uh, his character actually has Tourette's. Now, the reason I say that is he does have this kind of blinking thing going on where it is just kind of a very hard... Both eyes are just... (laughs) squish right in for a blink. And uh, what I know of people with Tourette's, that tends to be one of the more um, prevalent tics in people with Tourette's. Now, a lot of people have the idea of Tourette's is uh, someone going out and just cursing a lot. And that's 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 not Tourette's at all. That's a, that's a byproduct of Tourette's. Uh, usually, the cursing comes from somebody wanting to control their tics so bad that it makes them curse. But... Uh, that's usually not what uh, it encompasses um, Tourette's is is just random cursing. So that's that's not really what that is. But that's what I thought was was interesting about the character that they never really they never really point out or anything. And you know, some people have labeled it as you know lack of sleep, he's stressed out or whatever. I, I labeled it as as a small form of Tourette's, and maybe that's me. Maybe I'm insane, but that's what I got from it because I. This movie also, um, I, I, the, the reason I kind of make that jump is because it also talks a little bit about m- the mental state of people with um, with the character, I, I, I don't want to always say the people's, with, with the Alex Jones character, Paul Dano. Um, this, this is a guy who is an adult but clearly has some sort of a mental problem. Um, he's, he's very quiet, he has this odd way of speaking and everything and he's just he's got a little he's a little off you're not quite sure what it is maybe it's just some form of arrested development or whatever and you kind of find out I don't want to say you find out the cause of his stuff but you find out some of the reasons why he may be acting the way he acts uh, later on in the film but uh, so that's why that's why I made the correlation of that in um in the Jake Gyllenhaal thing and it brings you up, so, like, it, it, this is no real spoiler, it's in the trailer, but uh, Hugh Jackman's character ends up um, kidnapping Paul Dano's character, and uh, he figures, I'm, I'm just going to get this guy, he, this is where the prisoner comes from, there's lots of prisoners in this film, who are the real prisoners, that's that whole kind of, eh, it's a little on the nose, but whatever, um, and asking him the, the, these questions, where, 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 are, where are our girls at, and, you know, all this stuff. And this guy, he is either like the most impenetrable person ever, or he may not even have the mental capacity to be 
you know, properly, you know, answering any sort of question. Um, it's a great film. I like I said, I don't want to go too much into it. They're fantastic performances overall. Unfortunately, uh, Viola Davis doesn't really have a whole hell of a lot to do in this. Uh, Terrence Howard is, you know, good in what he is. Maria Bello's short time on screen is, uh, well, uh, th- like I said, good movie, great performances overall. Um, it is a long film. That is, I've seen that very much as uh, a lot of people's quote-unquote complaint with this movie. It's just about two and a half hours, but I honestly, it didn't bother me at all. I enjoyed the length of the movie. And there's a lot of there's a lot of people talking about lengths of movies lately. That kind of bugs me. Um, there are good parts and bad parts. Um, a lot of a lot of the criticism that's being laid right now is that there are too many films out there that are just super long, overlong, bloated, you know, pieces of fluff that are there to massage the director's ego and you know make them feel oh they they've got final cuts so they know what's best. And uh, and then there's the other contingent that says, hey, maybe we should, um, you know, take away the reins from these people and, you know, cut their stuff down to where it's, uh, you know, a more manageable length and, you know, maybe not as bloated as, you know, other things. And that also brings up kind of the new uh, reason The Wolf of Wall Street might not be out this uh this year is because Martin Scorsese turned in an almost three-hour cut of Wolf of Wall Street. And Paramount said, there's no way in hell we could do that. We want to put it at more of a two-hour thing, at more of a two-hour cut. And, you know, so now we might not get that film in 2013 just because, you know, a studio... Now, do we do we stifle the uh, creativity of a director or do we make it... Uh, you know, there, there's such a fine line that we can walk. And honestly, I think once you get to a certain point, you know, they shouldn't be able to touch your stuff. If you're Martin Scorsese, it's like, it's fucking Scorsese. Let the man be. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but if you're, you know, first time Joe Schmo director and you're like, I must have final cut on this film, you know, maybe that's not a good idea. But then again, if you are a first time director and you get final cut on your film, you know, you might turn in Citizen Kane, which was the, the exact case. But, um, I don't feel that uh, Prisoners is too long. Uh, it, it works for me. It is. Uh, it, it's a great movie. Looks fantastic. Uh, it is. It is a thriller in the utmost truest sense. Um, I haven't felt that kind of uh, a thrill, <laughs> for lack of a better term, since watching uh, Zodiac. There's a lot of things that you don't know what's going on. It's very white knuckle. There's very tense moments, and. Um, while there are a couple things that are a little bit cliched and a little bit, you know, so-so, overall, a, a fantastic film. I, I highly recommend it. Four out of uh, five stars for me. Uh, it is out in theaters right now. Go see Prisoners. It is, uh, it's a good time for, for your money, I say. All right, that is my review of Prisoners. I'm going to take a break, then I'm going to come back and talk about the new release of this week, the written, uh, the <laughs> writing and directorial debut of Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Don... Don John. Boy, I am. This is what happens when you don't have two people. So uh, hopefully we'll rectify that next episode. So, uh, all right, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and review Don John. Stay tuned.
everybody welcome back we are going to jump into the second review for this week uh this movie came out this weekend uh didn't make a super huge splash at the box office it was uh number five raking in only nine million dollars but on an eight million dollar budget yeah that's uh or six million dollar budget excuse me it's not you know it's not too bad not too shabby Probably make its uh, money back by the end of its run. This is the first movie written and directed by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, also starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Here is the trailer for Don. There's only a few things I really care about in life. My body, my pad, my ride, my family, my church, my boys, my girls, and my porn. My body, my pad, my ride, my family, my church, my boys, my girls, my porn. Body, pad, ride, family, church, boys, girl. That's her? That's definitely her. She's a dime. Oh, this girl's more than a dime for all. Oh my god, were you in love with this girl already? So I've seen this girl. Oh my God, what's her name? What's her name? Why'd you say yes to me? I'm just gonna have to wait to find out. All right, I got time. You're cute, I like you. Oh yeah? Yeah. Listen, you wanna know the truth? You're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. You like movies? I don't watch too many movies. The pretty woman, the pretty man, when they drive off into the sunset. Everyone knows it's fake. I love movies like that, you yeah. know? But they watch it like it's real life. Baby. What are you doing? I was just reading emails. No, you weren't. She caught me watching porn. That's it? Right? Oh! How do you watch that? How do you watch all the stupid movies that you watch? Movies and porno are different, John. They give awards for movies. They give awards for porn, too. So, there's only a few things I really care about in life. I don't know if I really want a wife and kids. Oh, you look what you did. I look like a grandmother. But do I have any grandchildren? If you want to lose yourself, you have to lose yourself in another person. It's a two-way thing. I thought you were different. And maybe it's time to try something new. That was the trailer for Don John, the new movie released this weekend. Written and directed by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, also starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Scarlett Johansson, Julianna Moore, uh, Tony Danza. Uh, Tony Danza, for crying out loud. Uh, we'll get to him in a moment. But uh, here's the IMDb logline. A New Jersey guy dedicated to his family, friends, and church develops an unrealistic expectations from watching porn and works to find happiness and intimacy with his potential true love. Um uh, you, you kind of get the plot uh, basically in the uh, in the trailer there. Um, this movie is getting a lot of kind of at least from the public I see getting a lot of like eh, it's disposable. It's you know it's kind of a romantic comedy sort of thing and whatever. And, you know it's okay, but nothing excitingly fantastic about it. 
And those people are wrong. Those people are dead wrong. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, for for you know, now granted he's he's been around you know the Hollywood system uh, just about his entire life at this point. Uh, we all you know watched him on Thirty Rock from the Sun or Third Rock from the Sun and uh, Thirty Rock from the Sun. That's a good idea. Write that down. Somebody write that down. That's a fantastic show idea. We get John Lithgow, Tina Fey. Holy shit, I think I've just stumbled upon something amazing. <laughs> but uh, we saw him on Third Rock from the Sun, then, you know, all of his movie outings. And, of course, you know, uh, his to me, where his career took a drastic shift was uh, in Brick. And uh, just led to so many great things from that. So always been a been a huge fan of this guy for a long time. And uh, his first uh, outing as a director and writer, I gotta say, is a huge success. Um, this guy knows what he's doing. Like I said, he's got he had a long time in the system, so I think that he's caught a lot of things. He's learned a lot of stuff, and uh, really, really um, just has grown as as not only an actor, but you know clearly is going to be growing into a great director, you know, I'm not going to put him, <laughs> I was just about to compare him to like, say, Ben Affleck, but you're not quite in Ben Affleck's uh, wheelhouse just yet there, uh, Mr. Lovett, no no disrespect, but, uh, you know, Gone Baby Gone versus Don John, uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of a difference there, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, Let's see how to basically do this. Um, The John character, basically, he's kind of a player. He's a player goes out to the club with his buddies all the time, and he can pretty much get any chick that he wants. So he's uh, he's he's got the nickname the Don from his uh, from his buddies. They kind of hang out, you know, rating chicks on the old you know uh, one to ten systems. Like, oh, well, that chick's a dime. No way, she's not. There's no way. Blah blah blah. And um, so, but he just has this reputation. Sees this one chick one night, hundred percent. You know, this is this is the chick, Scarlett Johansson. And uh, so he decides, you know, I'm going after this chick. But the old Don John charm, it doesn't exactly, you know, follow through in this particular case. So uh, she makes him, you know, work for it. And so I guess in a way that kind of really intrigues him is that, you know, he has to go after this chick. But uh, I kind of skip over the actual thing. Like, this is a dude who, like, who, who you know, takes pride in himself. He takes pride in his home. Uh, you know, he likes his boys, his family, his church, and porn. Porn is a huge, huge portion of this film. And uh, like I said in the, in the uh, little log line there, um, it, it, a lot of it does come down to the expectations that, you know, that some people have when they see porn and it's like real sex isn't like that. And also not only does that, you know, does this film talk about that, but it also talks about, you know, the romantic movies that ladies watch and, you know, just society. And I think this movie has a lot to say on, uh, sex, family, uh, relationships, uh, religion, there's a lot of different facets in this movie that uh, you wouldn't normally see in your regular romantic comedy. Um, let's see. So she tries. She actually does help, you know, kind of better uh, John in a lot of ways. But at the same time, she becomes very demanding as to, you know, I mean, the guy just wants to clean his house, for example. And she's like, no, that is not men's work. You don't do that. And like, this is a guy who's just like, look, I like cleaning my apartment. I like having things very nice. And, you know, she becomes very demanding of him. So a lot of it is about the give and take of different relationships and things like that. And what, you know, what one needs to expect, you know, 
in relationship to like, let's see, how do I put this? You can have the hot. I always I always tell people this. You can have the hottest chick in the world, but if she doesn't have anything between the ears, who gives a shit? You know what I'm saying? If if she's dumb or can't hold a conversation or anything, what's the point? That's that that's always been my case. I would always for me it was always I want a chick who's at least as smart or smarter than me. I believe I got one that's smarter than me. And, uh, I like that. But um, you have to you have to take in more more than looks, and you have to take in how people treat you, and then what your expectations of them are, their expectations of you. Uh, so she betters him in a way that not that necessarily he even particularly wants, but she asks him to you know kind of enroll in night school because he's just you know he's a he works at a club, and so you know there's not a whole hell of a lot to be doing with that. She uh, tells him to start taking a night class, and that's where he meets Julianne Moore's character, a lady who's kind of you know broken up about a lot of different things and uh, kind of smokes pot and just doesn't really give a shit. And so their characters meet, and uh, they have an interesting thing. I don't want to get too much into that because that, that delves into spoilers. But um, you know, he John uh, John brings home uh, you know this uh, Scarlett Johansson's character to his family and everything, and. Uh, the dad is played by Tony Danza, and I talked about him earlier. Tony Danza gives, <laughs> I never thought I would say this in my entire life, Tony Danza gives a fantastic performance. <laughs> it's just like the words coming out of my mouth don't even make sense in my brain. But Tony Danza gives a great uh, performance as the dad who's, you know, he's obsessed with sports, you know, barely is, you know, there with his family, but, you know, sees that, you know, John brings home this uh, this really hot chick, and she's so she's she's so hot that he can't believe that you know he would actually bring her home, and that you know this might be the actual one. And of course, at the same time, John's mother is just like, for God's sake, I need grandchildren. You know, I'm sitting here, and you know, I'm just growing older and older. Nothing's happening. Uh, John's sister is the most disaffected character I've ever seen on screen before. Uh, never looks away from her cell phone. Absolutely hilarious. But uh, I, I, like I said, I don't want to get into too much. But we'll just we'll we'll kind of stop at this area. Uh, she catches him watching porn one night, and uh, it is something that she says that she will not tolerate. She will not tolerate him watching porn at all. He says he gives it up. Uh, he doesn't give it up, and it's it's kind of that struggle because he believes that porn ultimately is better than actual sex, for uh, you know a myriad of reasons, and it, it, it's weird because I I really wish Laura would have seen this with me because we could have a very interesting conversation. Unfortunately, she didn't get a chance to see it, but um, it it can bring up a conversation not only about porn but about you know expectations in life, expectations within relationships and sex and things like that. And I don't want to say that this is a movie that you go see a date with, go take a date with, especially a first date because it's going to it's going to be it's going to be awkward. Not only for the subject matter involved, but there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of nudity and uh and sex in this thing. Pornhub is uh advertised in this. And you know, you look at the uh credits there, they're in the credits as well, so I guess they had some sort of a deal. But um this is a great movie. Um, like I said, amazingly acted, uh, well shot. If anything, I can say that sometimes there are portions where 
the camera seems to be moving a little bit too much, and there's a little bit too much kind of um, the lighting is can can look amateurish in a way, but I believe a lot of that is is on purpose. I mean, not I, I say amateurish. That's that's really that's not the right term to use. Um, theatrical. Let's put it that way. But uh, as, as I've come to, le- uh, to learn and uh, listen to uh, The Treatment with Elvis Mitchell, Joseph Gordon-Levitt did a, uh, an episode of The Treatment, and, uh, and that was, as, as I had assumed, was on purpose. And there are many different uh, camera and editing choices and things that uh, he makes in this movie that are 100% on purpose, and that's why they're there. That's another thing I want to talk about is Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, his work with his editor. This is an amazingly well-edited film uh i i come from an editing background and uh to keep things going and moving at a at the clip that they do um the movie's always engaging entertaining and i and and just from an editing standpoint i i loved it to death and like i said about the performances and I, I won't tell you i won't go too much into it but this movie has i believe to be the most heartfelt realistic sex scene I have ever seen on film and there's not a single bit of nudity in it and but it seemed to me watching it it seemed like the mo- one of the most honest portrayals of sex depicted in film that I've ever seen and and there's no nudity involved it kind of it kind of blew me away and it's like it was one of those things that while watching it you almost felt uncomfortable because it seemed like you were watching two people actually have a moment. And uh, that's impressive. For something that you know is a film, to, to, have so, to have a moment like that and to be like, this is kind of uncomfortable because it feels like you shouldn't actually be there, it's quite an achievement. Uh, and I, I wish I would have come up with this analogy, but uh, I heard this is... Uh, I heard an interesting... Um, correlation between this movie it's like this is a uh, this is kind of a happier lighter version of shame <laughs> uh the steve uh, mcqueen film um not not it's not nearly as depressing <laughs> as, as shame by the end of shame everyone wants to kill themselves uh but at the end of this it, it is a little bit more positive and um it, it, it's fun. It's a it's a fun film that has a lot to say. Has a lot more than many people, especially I, I hate to say it, your stupid average moviegoer has has to say by watching it. That I I don't think that they're going to get the deeper context in this and get the actual level of filmmaking that is taking place. Um, Joseph Gordon Levitt is somebody to watch in the future. I'll definitely say that. All right, so that is my review of Don uh, Don John. You always want to say Don Juan, that son of a bitch. It is a, it's a play, clearly, but you're like, how about her? Anyways, that is my review for uh, Don John. Uh, I am going to be giving this a four out of five stars. So uh, that is it for this review. I'm going to take a little break, and then I'm going to come back, wrap up the show, talk about what we're going to be doing next week, and uh, some other things that we uh, might have in store. So uh, stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. Yeah. You feel it, baby?
right, everybody, that is it for this week's show. Sorry it was just me prattling on by myself, but uh, that will change uh, next week. Next week, we are going to be reviewing Alfonso Cuaron's Gravity, a long-awaited film from that director. Um, I'm stoked. A lot of the early reviews for this thing have been saying how much of a masterpiece it is and uh, a stunning piece of uh, filmmaking. And uh, I think James Cameron said it's the best depiction of space in film. And for James Cameron to say something is the best and not be referring to himself, that's quite the accolade, I say. <laughs> but uh, so uh, well, I think we're going to have Matt back for that, and uh, it's it's going to be a good time. Uh, between now and then, we should hopefully, fingers crossed, be uh, we're going to drop a Breaking Bad episode. Uh, Breaking Bad uh, ends up tonight as I record this. And uh, so I'm going to have a buddy of mine, Devin Penninger, in, and we are going to talk Breaking Bad. We're going to do a big spoilerific thing on the entire series. Uh, should be fun. So if you're a Breaking Bad fan, please uh, stay uh, subscribed for that. Uh, on the 19th of October, we have a very special thing coming up. For Charlotte listeners of the film Find, uh, we have something very special. Um, basically... Uh, this all came about because of my uh, suggestion that we should cover it at the Back Alley Film Series. Uh, there'll be a screening of Manos, The Hands of Fate, the new restoration. I don't know what you guys know. Uh, there was a couple, I guess about a year ago, a guy went to, I, I can't remember if it was a garage sale or an estate sale, sale or something, but uh, came across a whole bunch of you know, 16, 35 uh, millimeter films, and they just sold it to him as an entire lot. And one of the films that he took out of that lot was a work print of Manos, Hands of Fate. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Manos, the Hands of Fate is highly recognized as one of the worst films of all time. It's kind of, uh, to say, to, to give it a nicer tune, it's uh, part of outsider cinema. Um, it, and also has become one of the most fabled episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000 ever. Um, but for the longest time, there'd only been like really shitty dupes of this uh, of this uh, movie. Um, just the quality was absolutely terrible. This guy found a print, went through. He's gone through the uh, process of restoring this thing. They did a Kickstarter. It was very successful. And uh, so, and he's still in the process of trying to get a archival 35 millimeter uh, out film print of this movie. Um, it's it's going to be really interesting to see this film. Number one, without the MST3K soundtrack, which is going to be tough for some people, I think, because this truly is a fucking awful movie. It's really bad. But uh, at the same time, it is, it's going to be interesting to see what this, because what we'd seen before was just muddied, it was cropped, it looked like shit. And uh, so this will be a great chance to see a film that has been, you know, reinvigorated. And uh, it, it goes along with the whole, it doesn't matter what your film is, how shitty the film is. Film preservation is important, and if this guy had not found this, we would just have a really shitty copy of Manos for you know time memorial. Now, eventually, we're going to have a great 35 millimeter archival version of this film, and so yet another you know crazy outsider film that could have easily been lost will now continue to be you know seen for you know years and years to come. So uh, that is October 19th, Saturday, October 19th. Uh, just go to thefilmfind.com. Uh, we'll be uh, promoting it up there, and they'll be in the show notes for this one. Um, that's it for this week's show. 
you can follow us on uh, Twitter at The Film Find. You can go to Facebook.com slash The Film Find and uh, like us on Facebook, almost at 100 likes. And uh, let's see, what else? Hopefully we'll be putting out some YouTube stuff eventually. Uh, like I said, with the whole job transitional, hopefully transitional thing, uh, it's been coming. It's been a little bit hard for me to do exactly what I've wanted to do as of late. But uh, go just go to thefilmfind.com. There you'll find the links to uh, you know do all the fancy-dancy things that we like to do. And uh, like I said, we'll, uh, next week we're doing Gravity, and we're going to do some Breaking Bad and all that kind of stuff. So uh, there are some great things to come. Uh, if you've listened this far, thanks for sticking it out. I know the solo episodes could be uh, a little bit difficult to listen to because it's just one guy just yapping, yapping, yapping. But uh, that's about it. So without... Uh, any further ado, I'm going to say goodbye. <laughs> All right, everybody, that is it for this episode of The Film Find. I am Adam Fortress, and we will see you next time. A moment of silence, please, for those that never get the chance. They show up to the party, but they never ask to dance. The losers, the liars, the bastards, the thieves, the cynicists, the pessimists, the those that don't believe in nothing.
Yeah, no real after show or anything today, you guys, but uh, seriously, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for subscribing on iTunes. Thank you for following us on Facebook, Twitter, the whole nine yards. Uh, we're going to be getting more frequency coming back up soon. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for uh, sticking around between our little uh, about month off here. Uh, you guys are the only reasons that we do this. Uh, it's super fun, but... Uh, you know, the film find at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about anything. And if you'd like to talk to us about anything, come on a show, whatever. That's the reason that we do it is for you guys. So uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for sticking around and listening to all of this stuff. Uh, I pre- we appreciate you guys so very much. All right. Thanks. <laughs>